Uh, our Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this day, this uh, Pentecost day, and for the um, for the good timing of this class. And uh, I just uh, pray, Lord, for um, for all the learning, and for, I pray. I think of the second graders that are having their um, the second grade play and, and demonstrating all that they have learned uh, over this course of the year. And I pray, Lord, that we would um, just uh, learn today about learning, learn about uh, what it is that you have for us, uh, why we come uh, to you in uh, in study, study of your word. We pray, Lord, that your spirit, as you promised on the uh, first day of Pentecost, as we remember that day, uh, that you would come now. And as with tongues of fire, that you would uh, enlighten us, illumine uh, yourself to us, reveal yourself to us, uh, that we might know you and know your purpose for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, well, um, last week we uh, started this class called The End of, of Christian Education. And, and the, uh, the idea is, uh, is what is the goal of Christian education? What, is, what, are, what are the ends of Christian education and, um, and I'm just thinking through this as the canon for Christian Ed and, and thought this would be a good opportunity to, to teach a class. I value your feedback if you have some. Um, and uh, so I, uh, but I think it's important not just for me to think about it as the canon for Christian Ed, but, but for, uh, for you to think about it as a, as a Christian, as a churchgoer. Uh, you might be involved in, in small group or um, a Bible study or a personal study, I hope. Um, and so it's good. It's a good thing to ask. Why are we doing that? Uh, what is what are we trying? What are we trying to get out of it? What should be accomplished in our lives uh, for having gone through it? And so, um, so four ends of Christian education, four goals: uh, the glory of God, the knowledge of God, the people of God, and the mission of God. Last week we talked about the glory of God and the knowledge of God. This week we'll talk about the church, uh, the people of God. It's appropriate on, on Pentecost. And, um, and we'll also talk about uh, the mission of God. Uh, next, well, not next week, because that's um, Memorial Day, and we expect that um, lots of people will be at the lake or hope that other people will think they're at the lake. And so, we'll, um, <laughs> we, will, um, uh, so we will pick up in two weeks, uh, uh, first weekend of June. Uh, so we talked about the glory of God uh, last week uh, ones, as ones who have received God's grace. Um, then... Um, then everything that we do uh, is to the glory of God, or at least everything we want that everything we do to the glory of God. We're always going to constantly be taking back glory. And so um, I think that's what, what Martin Luther meant when he said all of life is repentance, because we're constantly, even though we want to as Christians give God the glory, we, we take that back. It's not works righteousness. Uh, works righteousness wants to do, uh, every, um, to, to do everything, and probably especially godly things for our own glory. That's what works righteousness is works righteousness does uh, but we have uh, we want to have an outwardly focused posture as Christians have, as those who have received God's grace we want to um, study his word and come into um, to be educated as Christians for um, for his satisfaction first uh, and then uh, for our own so that's the glory of God and second um, for the knowledge of God uh, we uh, gain an intimacy with God as we learn about Him. So we learn about Him. Uh, we know we want to know about Him. We also want to know Him personally, as you know uh, a friend, as you know a, a colleague. Um, what I did not really do, I, I think, a very good job of last week, if you, if you were in the class, and some of you were, 
um, is that I didn't really do a great job expressing that um, that part of the knowledge of God uh, is to know His will for our lives and to begin to or try to live into that will. Um, some might some some might call that personal holiness, but again, it's, it's that's why it's, we, we the first end has to be the glory of God. The second end is knowledge. Uh, of God, we we get to know Him, we get to know about Him, we change uh, for, as a result of having known Him, which is understandable. You change as a result of knowing your spouse. There are times when I, um, I, I'll, I can say this because my wife's not here. Uh, there are times when I buy her flowers, not enough, um, but but there are some times where I buy flowers for her satisfaction, and there are times where I buy her flowers because I am in a jam, right? And so, um, and so I'm so I'm actually buying myself the flowers. But she she gets she gets those things and so um, and and so I uh, think that there are some times where we uh, we you know we might buy uh, I mean we might do godly things for the glory of God and there's sometimes we might do godly things hoping that he's gonna you know cut us some slack or something but ultimately what we learn is this for for his glory but we but it changes us uh, it's usually it changes us in the rearview mirror not through the windshield and we're not uh, aiming towards personal holiness we're aiming towards his glory. But if we aim towards His glory, what we see in retrospect uh, is that has changed us. Um, and so uh, when we do progress or, or we do see progress in our lives, uh, we give the glory to God we, uh, and we begin to reserve judgment um, against those who have not progressed in that area because we, 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 um, we leave that judgment to God rather than saying, well, I'm, you know, I, I, used, to, I used to do this and, and, and I... Um, uh, but I don't do that anymore, and, and this person should clean up their act too. Well, I, I think if we come, if we see progress in the rearview mirror, it's, it's because we have uh, repented. And if we uh, understand our own sin, then we uh, are quicker to see the plank in our eye than the speck uh, in somebody else's. So, uh, but I, I do think uh, personal holiness or uh, um, transformation should be a part of the knowledge of God. Today, what we want, want to talk about um, is the people of God, the church. Uh, this is the we, this is the day we celebrate the birthday of the church, the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came and and Peter uh, preached, and three thousand people came to faith, and so it began uh, in the Book of Acts. Um, I don't know if you have noticed this. It, it has been my experience, and I've heard other people say that this is also their experience. That there's just something different about Christian friends, friends that you share um, your Christianity with. That I, I don't know for a lot of like friends in college, we were we were did crazy college things, but we also we were we were Christians and we prayed together and we taught studied the Bible and ministered in young life and things like that together and and those like I can like my Christian friends I can if I haven't been with them in ten years I can pick right back up with them and it's just a, just a really great uh, bond with my friends I don't share Christ with like I I want I mean it's just kind of awkward I mean I, I want to know them I, I, I want to be an interested but we're just not at the same place and uh, I don't mean that as judgmental it's just what I guess what I'm trying to say up, lift up is that uh, relationships are a part of growing in Christ and you can kind of see the progression we do it for the glory of God for his satisfaction we begin to know him and then we begin to know his people um, uh, we may we may go to a small group if you're involved in a small group uh, we may uh, go to small group or come to church because we look forward to seeing those people, and that's that's not a primary thing, but it is a good thing. It, it's a um, it's a really it's a really good thing. If you think about uh, in creation, uh, Adam and Eve uh, were naked and they were unashamed, and and I'm 
I'm not advocating uh, nudity in church. I'm just um, um, what I'm trying to say there is that there was a there was a um, in creation before sin entered the picture there was a, an inherent vulnerability and openness to one another. Um, and then when um, when sin entered the world the immediate effect was isolation and separation. And so um, not so humanity was isolated and separated from God, and humanity was isolated and separated from uh, each other. You see um, Adam and Eve cast out of the garden and uh, no longer is he um, walking with them in the cool of the garden as he did. There's not an easy communication with them. Um, and, and then humanity separated from ha- humanity. This next generation, Cain kills Abel. Uh, there's just, a, just That is the immediate effect uh, of sin, a separation. The rest of the Old Testament is people uh, fighting, uh, people grabbing for power, uh, People breaking the rules, and all the while, God is um, God is calling them back to Himself. He's demonstrating His faithfulness. Uh, he is, um, uh, but also what is being demonstrated is the fact that they can't or won't come back to Him. So, um, so there's this we see over and over again this isolation and this separation uh, throughout the Old Testament. But at Pentecost, uh, the Spirit comes. And then the word is preached. That's Christian education, right? So the word is preached, and 3,000 people are brought to faith in Christ. So the first verse that you have on your handout there is Acts 2, 42 through 47. Uh, And they devoted themselves uh, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So we see their first devotion is the apostles' teaching. Uh, but what comes with that is fellowship. Um, as, so the apostles' teaching, Christian education, right? Um, they're learning from the apostles what the apostles learned from Jesus. They're in, beginning to interpret uh, the Old Testament through the lens of Christ. And, um, and as they're doing so, they are in uh, really close-knit fellowship with one another. Uh, part of our redemption is reconciliation, not just vertically, uh, but horizontally. It just follows that as individuals are reconciled to God, part of the victory over sin in their lives is victory over that isolation. The church is the horizontal community of those who have been vertically reconciled. Does that make sense? The horizontal community of those who have been vertically reconciled. Romans 10 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. So as more and more people hear the Word of Christ, they hear the Word of God preached and taught uh, faithfully, the Spirit is active in their midst, they come to faith, and now they have something in common with others who have come in faith. And there's a natural uh, known connection there. The other thing to say about that, um, the book of Acts doesn't know anything about Lone Ranger Christians. That's where we we see the beginning of uh, of the church. Uh, I had a, a... a friend, or I guess a guy I knew, wasn't really a friend, but an acquaintance that uh, in, at St. John's, and he didn't come to church. He um, he was he worked at the uh, garden shop, and he sold me a Christmas tree just about every year. 
And he said, man, I love the Bible. I said, I mean, the book of Acts, like, I've like, memorized the whole book of Acts. I said, well, that's, that's fantastic. Like, you know, where, so, like, that's, where do you go to church? Oh, man, I don't go to church. This is my church right here. You know, and it was just, John's Island's beautiful. If you've ever been, if you've ever driven, driven to Kiowa, and if you've ever been to Kiowa, you've driven across John's Island. It's just, it really is. It's gorgeous. You can really behold uh, the wonder uh, of God's creation. It was just so ironic to me that, and I, I don't, I was, it's one of those, I was kind of, I didn't know what to say. You know, like, I just, I love the book of Acts. Well, there's not a single episode in the book of Acts where somebody says, I'm going to go up on a mountain and really experience God apart from the church. Every time somebody comes to faith in the book of Acts or the rest of the New Testament, they are immediately put into the faith community. The Philippian jailer, Lydia, you all, it's on and on throughout. Whenever ever somebody comes to faith, they are um, brought into the Christian community. Um, that is, uh, that is, so that is that faith is not a private matter. So just as often you see, see, hear somebody saying, "I'm, you know, I'm going to go outside. That's where I experience God." The church is a bunch of full of hypocrites, which is true. Um, uh, you hear pe- people you know, say, or at least in practice, that my faith is, is personal, is private. And again, you don't ever see that in Acts. You don't ever see that in the New Testament. That faith is a private thing. It's a personal thing. It's it's a uh, um, you have your you come to a personal faith in Christ by the Holy Spirit calling you. There's a, a personal relationship there, but we begin to see the world uh, as it really is when we come to faith, uh, as we see things as the Bible sees it, um, and it changes as we as we look, learn to look at the world as it really is. That is uh, through the lens of the way Scripture teaches. Then it changes our perspective on just about everything, uh, including our personal relationships. Um, and especially, I think, it changes our relationships uh, with other Christian uh, believers. So community is a creation of the Word. And as we grow in Christ, as we um, go to small groups, as we um, hear the Word preached, as we grow in our own faith, it is natural and normal and should be expected that we grow uh, in community. Um, let me stop there and just ask any any question, any feedback. Agree, disagree, never thought about it. What do you, what do you think? How did you respond to the man at the tree store? I think I just bought his Christmas tree <laughs> I, I, um, and said this will be a great sermon, a great illustration in class one day. I, I, you know what I wish I had done. I, I did actually invite him to church. I said, you know, I, I didn't I didn't go through the Book of Acts with him and say, you know. You're out of line. I just said, um, man, I tell you what, we would love to have Christmas coming up. Why don't you come to our Christmas service? He, you know, he didn't come, so so that was that was up to him. But it was just, it was just, I just found that very ironic. But he's not alone by any means. He might be the only one who memorized the Book of Acts. But um, uh, what else? Anything else? Um, so the Book of Acts is. Uh, is, a, is really the story of the Holy Spirit, mainly through Peter and, and the, mi- the ministries of Peter and Paul, uh, building Christian communities through the hearing of the Word. And so that's, that's, that's a natural, it's, it's messy. It doesn't always work, as we might think it, it, it should work, but it doesn't always work like that. Um, sometimes Christians get crossways with one another in, in, in Acts just like they do in the Advent or in, uh, in the church today. Uh, but nevertheless... Uh, what happens is the gospel goes forth. Um, I have a just a video that I want to I want to show, and um, I just want to get your response to it. So the question is, what's right with this video? 
what's the other question is what's wrong with this video it's a um it's a video that i just found on youtube i, I was kind of looking around at different things on uh for that might fit for this class it is a, a video that's produced by uh sort of a mega church and it's um and they're good at that kind of stuff but they um so but their idea of church is going to be different than ours and mostly from nevada but there's they got one in florida and one in arizona and they kind of they have satellite you know campuses but uh, anyways all over so let me um see what um let's see what they've got ask me hit those lights for me How do I get the uh, light back on? It makes sense that the light wouldn't stay on, but it came. It was on when I left this morning, so I didn't. I didn't think. All right, I think we're good. Just got to. I don't know what that is, but. What is the church? Is the church a building? Is the church a pastor? Or the staff? Is the church the music? The tradition? Or the ministries? These are all good things. But they are not the church. Take them away, and the church is still here. Why? Because you are still here. The church is you. <coughs> the church is you with a purpose. The church is you on a mission. The church is you with a plan, a simple plan, to plug into God at a weekend service, to charge up in a small group community, to live out using your gifts and passions, and to pass on your faith to those who do not know Christ. When you and I live like this, all the things we used to do in church become things we do as the church. God desires it. The world needs it. And we are called to be it. What is the church? The church is you. sometimes if you have a really great uh, deep voice <laughs> it just sounds way more profound right um, so what what are your impressions of that I'm surprised it's not off it will it'll shut off it never said that the purpose of the church was to glorify God it never said that the purpose of the church was to glorify God 
It's singular, yeah. The church is you, singular. Um, and then we said, you know, he did, there was a picture of people at the end, um, but uh, but it was it was very you focus on you rather than, than us. What else? Yeah. Why, why does that confuse uh, uh, you with God? Well, I'm just saying you are the church, and it's like she said, glorify with God, and mm-hmm. you seem to have enough focus on God. You know? Right. So I think probably the assumption is that if if you are focused on God, then you then you are the church. I mean that that's it didn't articulate that, but um, I would hope anyway that's the assumption behind it. But it seemed to, uh-huh. to me too to um, talk a lot about what what we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. When in reality, in, in our <coughs> faith, we believe that we don't bring anything. To we don't bring anything to the table, and yet we do have gifts and passions. Right, we do have uh, gifts and yeah. passions, but they're gifts. But they're gifts. If there's a gift. There's always a giver, right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And sometimes churches are also looking to bring in numbers. Uh huh. So if you are the church and you are coming first, it was just the one person. And mm-hmm. Again, you see lots of people. So in other words, if you are there, you bring your friends there, then the church grows. Right. You are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like how it um, mm-hmm. broadens the definition of the word church. Okay. Whereas people might think you might think church is really just a building, mm-hmm. but I think it challenges challenges you to uh, think about other definitions of the church is more than just a building. But I think that's good. That's yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. What What would be some other definitions of church or ways to Ways to see what church are besides um, besides just church in a building. Having fellowship mm-hmm. with other Christians. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, education. Mm-hmm. Christian education. What else? Uh, philosophy of it. Yeah, sort of thinking thinking it through. Thinking, yes. Yeah, good. Through to the graduation today at the <coughs> University of Virginia, which has a lot of graduates out of those from Virginia. Yeah, mm. it does. And if they're Christians, and that's that might be where church is. Yes. Yeah. Right. The church is. If if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, it doesn't matter if we're meeting in a building with a steeple on top. We're not having church. Okay. You know, like um, if, if the if the Word of God is not faithfully preached. And the spirit is not present, uh, then then we're not having church. Uh, but if we're at somebody's home and we're believers and we're studying and we're and study leads to to worship, the glory of God, the knowledge of God, uh, there's community, and, and then as we'll see in a couple of weeks, the mission of God, then I, I, that's church. It doesn't. But I think uh, so. There's great value in having an institution like this. We are connected. Uh, to, uh, we as we pray, we pray for the. You know the the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, meaning the universal church of of Christ, God's uh, church throughout uh, not just throughout the world but throughout the ages. Um, our tradition connects us to something that is old and ancient, and, and I think that brings a lot of depth. Um, but it's not. This is not just. Uh, this is a church. Uh, it's not the church. And so there's there's sort of something of a distinction there. Um, the church is where, wherever a body of believers. Uh, maybe one body, but especially uh, multiple bodies, persons uh, together, gathered, uh, listening to and or obeying uh, the Word of God. Um, and so I think there must be 
Uh, church is where we, we hear the Word of God. Uh, we hear that faith comes by hearing. We are um, brought into uh, the Spirit. Um, and by the Spirit, we're led into the truth of all things and then sent out. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about, I mean, he said, if, if you're here, then, then the church is here because you, the church is you with a purpose. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, it's sort of Rick Warren, you know, Saddleback-y, um, which, if, if you take off our Episcopal snootiness and and see it at sort of face value, what do you what do you think about it? You, you, I, listen, you can you can be snooty about it, but I just wonder if uh, rather than sort of uh, putting it down because it's megachurch, let's think about what what he's saying. Is there validity in what he's saying, or is he the grain of truth? It's it's a whole truth to be taken in a certain way. How, what do you think? I, I do. I do think that. Um, I heard somebody say once when they were. It was talking about a bunch of college students and trying to who college students are trying to find out what what is their purpose in life. And he just said, "Your your calling is the intersection of your your gifts and your passions, things that you're really excited about, and." things that you're really good at. You don't some people are really good at accounting and love numbers and that may be your calling. We need Christian accountants. We need people doing accounting for the glory of God. Some people you may be uh, called to be a coach, you may be called to be a lawyer. Uh, those are those are great things uh, to be and you can be the church wherever you are. I think uh, I, I tell my um, guys in my Bible study on Tuesday mornings uh, which by the way is open to, to all men um, 6.30, Kramer House uh, on Tuesday mornings. Uh, but I try to tell uh, those guys that it, that to, the relationships that you have in your workplace uh, ought to be different uh, with Christians. Uh, there ought to be, a, which is not to say better or you trust them more, or uh, but just that should be something that you hold in common uh, with, with Christian, uh, Christian co-workers. If they are... Um, if they're believers, they don't have to be Adventers. You know, it's great that you can learn from them and have those discussions. Um, now, you know, you don't want to take up work time on that. I mean, that's, you don't want to steal time talking about those things, but you do want to uh, have, uh, I think, healthy relationships. So as long as, as far as the uh, institution allow that, you know, your work allows for healthy interaction with folks, uh, sharing Christ is a good thing to do. Um, let's look at Hebrews 10. I, anybody read the book of Hebrews lately, or, or, or um, what, what's your impression of the book of Hebrews, Wayne? I think it's the finest example of, of a study of Christology and the nature of Christ, and an excellent example of timeless lessons. It, it is an extraordinary example of, of um, a study in Christology, that is, the, the, the center of Christ, uh, the person of Christ as um, prophet, priest, and king, really. And uh, showing the superiority of Christ, he uses the Old Testament in really in amazing ways that, that you and I really probably wouldn't or couldn't. Um, but as he begins to apply uh, the supremacy of Christ, this is what he says: Therefore, brothers, since we have number one, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is his flesh. That's, so that's, that's uh, grace. And since uh, we have a great high priest over the house of God, 
Therefore, let us first draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. And so we understand our faith. So we're drawing near and under, understand the grace that we have been given. So we're drawing near to God. We're, we are uh, to His glory, uh, and we're beginning to know God. Uh, our, so that's the first thing. And our bodies washed with pure water. That's our baptism. So this, the means of grace is the hearing of the Word of God, the, um, the sacraments, uh, but especially here, baptism. So let us draw near, because of, because of the grace that we receive, let us draw near. And then number, verse 23, uh, second, let us hold fast to the confession our hope, of our hope. That's personal faith. So we're, it's the glory of God, knowledge of God as we grow in our personal faith. Uh, without, so, so let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So we've seen the glory of God uh, and the, uh, given to us in, in His grace and the means of grace, uh, baptism. We've seen, uh, so we're beginning to, to understand our personal faith. And verse 24, So now let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, uh, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day uh, drawing near. So again, faith, Faith is not private. It, uh, it's personal, but it's not private. Uh, it is uh, what the author of Hebrews here is encouraging us into Christian community to live as we receive grace, uh, as we are growing in our own faith, to live into Christian community, uh, to stir up one another. So that is to stir up and to be stirred up uh, as um, advocates in people's lives, as uh, listeners uh, that we are to sp- given permission here to speak into one another's lives. Uh, that is, I think, uh, best done in uh, some sort of small group context. And we have, uh, if you're not in a small group through Advent, I hope that you would consider doing that. A lot of people do that as couples. Some people do that as, um, uh, as you know, just in a men's small group or a women's small group. Um, and I would encourage you to be, if you are not actively involved in some sort of community, small group community, uh, I would really encourage you to do that. Um, and I just want to give you a, a few uh, of the, just a few different values, the values of small small groups. And this again, this is not not intended to be a setup for a hard sell of Advent small groups. But I do think that it's pushing us. Um, the, na- the natural thing as we, uh, as we worship God, as we learn about God, is to be in, in community. And in a church our size, in a big church, you need to find ways to make it a small church. So, uh, here's here's just some things off the top of my head. Some values of small groups. Continued study. Uh, I, Sunday morning for me, um, even if I even even with a collar on and in being here all through the week, Sunday morning is not enough um, to hear the word of God. And what how, it, I mean, I love listening to the, to the other clergy preach. I like to preach, but I really love listening to the other clergy preach. I love going to classes when I when I can. Uh, but I need I need more throughout the week. So uh, personal study, but also um, I have a Bible study on Tuesday mornings that I lead. But I love the fellowship of that. Um, so the continued consciousness of Jesus uh, throughout uh, throughout the week, uh, not just learning about Him, but just keeping Jesus in front of my face, you know, in front of my heart uh, throughout the week. Um, there's a ve- when you're in a small group, you get varied perspective on different passages or different topics. So I might know what I think about the love of God, but I may not consider something that you see in John 10 or 
Uh, I, I may know what I think about the Good Shepherd, but you have a different perspective on that. You have a story that, to tell or you have something. So the uh, varied perspective on passage and topics can really be edifying and enriching and eye-opening and enlightening. Um, so that's, that has more to do with our knowledge, both those things. Uh, but the interpersonal relationships of trust that are built over time, those Christian relationships. Um, now, I have heard of small groups that um, that completely sort of disintegrated because some, something happened in their small group that com- completely out of the blue. So a marriage crumbled, and they never saw it coming because they, ne- they you know, we're going to share prayer requests at the end. Well, my... Um, godmother who lives in Tacoma is, you know, going through something, which is an important thing to pray about. But there's no like personal vulnerability even there. But when you when people are saying, you know, we're struggling, and, and we just really need y'all's prayers, there is there is an an openness there. Uh, one of the things I tell my guys on uh, men's hikes is that um, is that shame has claws, things where we don't want people to know. It's like has claws. And we voice those things. It takes courage, and we, you know, I'm not saying we have to tell everything, you know, but I, I, I do think that when we, when we voice those things, the the shame loses its claws, and so those things don't have the, the power over our lives anymore. Um, and you may think, well, that's it. I'm not going to small groups. I'm not gonna um, be vulnerable like that. It, you know, it's really something that's just built over time, and it's um, and it's something that's good for you. And it's good for your relationship with Christ. Um, it doesn't have to be in a small group. I think it can be in a, in a you know, a friendship, uh, but uh, or a, with your priest. But but giving those things voice is uh, is important. But there's, the the more vulnerable you feel like you can be over time, the more trust that there's built. Especially when you share something something that you're not proud of, and instead of being treated with shame, you're treated with Christian charity and love, and it'll change your life. And it really. And then once you, when one person sort of takes that risk, then other people will do it as well. And it, it just, that's what builds community, that, that vulnerability. And what makes that possible is the Holy Spirit. So, um, so I just really encourage that. Um, when something, it, you know, somebody's moving or somebody's in the hospital or somebody, just life happens, somebody's, somebody dies or, or somebody um, yeah, in, in their family, the community of believers, a small, small a large church like this can only do so much for for everybody. But but a small group around you can really live in and care, be be the body of Christ. And when you're part of that a, a community like that, um, that's where you get to live into people and to be lived into by people, um, caring for one another, praying for one another. Um, a lot of times we approach prayer like it's just a sort of a an add-on at the end or something. That's the work. I mean, prayer is prayer is the work, and um, and it and I don't know how it works, but it works. Um, it doesn't work like I want it to all the time, but so and yet somehow it works like it's supposed to work. Um, when I have people praying for me, when I'm praying for people, there is there's strength in that. Um, and then and then as well, again, mission a greater uh, awareness of opportunities to serve. So. Um, so whether it's an Advent small group, whether it's a, a, a reunion cursi, a reunion group, whether it's a, um, just a group of friends in your neighborhood, whatever it is, getting together in the name of Christ for study and for prayer uh, and for fellowship is, I think, really, really important. Uh, this is important. This is more of a lecture thing. Um, and, uh, and I think that's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Um, it has its place. Uh, Christian education is important. It, drives us, it should drive us to uh, community in the church. The, the, the word should create, does create 
uh, community. So we've got just about three or four minutes. Uh, any any questions or thoughts? Comments? All right. Let's pray. Lord, um, by your spirit that you give to us, uh, lead us to the community of your choosing. Teach us uh, about what it is that you would have for us. I pray, Lord, for your mercy upon each of us that we would uh, know you and see your face in community, in the body of believers. Thank you that you, what a gift it is to us. And you are the giver uh, that you have given us the church in all its uh, warts and wounds uh, that you have given that to us to, to live into, to be a part of, to re- be receivers and to be givers. We thank you, Lord, for that. Give us the courage to live into it more and more each day. In Jesus' name, amen.